Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I have just a few announcements before we, sh- before we start the show today. First, the dates have just been announced for the 2018 Afterlife Symposium in Scottsdale, Arizona, and they are September 14th through 16th. 2018. They have a brand new website, which is afterlifesymposium.org to find out more and register. Also, we're in the process of getting the 2017 videos from the symposium available worldwide for you to watch. For me, beneath all of these episodes and all my talk of life after death is my sincere desire to help people who are experiencing grief, because I know firsthand what it's like. And I'm pleased to share a few great organizations that you may or may not know about. The first one is HelpingParentsHeal.org. Also, AREI, which is AfterlifeInstitute.org. And IANDS, which is I-A-N-D-S dot org, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Now, you don't have to be a grieving parent or have had a near-death experience to join. In fact, all of these organizations, as long uh, as well as me and We Don't Die Radio, are working together globally to create communities of like-minded people to get the education out there and actually be able to meet up in person. But the the truth that our loved ones are still around us, that life after death is real, and that your life is for a purpose. So our guest today has the same passion, and I think that's why I love him so much. His name is Scott Milligan, and he is back for a second time on the show. Now, you may remember him from the incredible episode 188, which has been ranked by listeners as one of their most favorite radio shows. Scott Milligan has over 15 years of understanding the trance or altered state and has sat in well over 300 seances with three physical mediums. All this in addition to his own development. He teaches workshops and spends most of his time demonstrating in seance conditions and encouraging others to sit for the spirit world. His website is scottmilligan.net. He is a great teacher but more importantly, he is such an advocate to help people through grief and to work with the spirit world. Scott always brings a smile to my face when we talk, and he is truly one of my most favorite people. So Scott Milligan, a warm welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you so, so much for those kind words. And I'm so proud of your mission with your um, radio show and with all your talks and seminars how you've come from just being a skeptic to now being a beacon of hope for all those people who are trying to learn to live again after they felt the sting and pinch of death so seeing far you've come skeptic to now a knower mm-hmm. uh, i don't want to say believer i want to say a knower <laughs> there's a difference isn't there Oh, absolutely. You can either believe in the spirit world, which gives you room for doubt, or you can know. And that is a big key, especially when we're developing. You can say, I believe in my ability or I know in my ability. And I think when people make that big jump, it's much more easier uh, for them to accept. Also, for the to be able to uh, use us in a way that we have faith in what we are doing and what they're doing through us. 
Yes. There's no backing down for me now. And knowing you and there's, you know, I've, with the show, Scott, there's been so many people that have been recommended and, and I have some conversations before I uh, record many of the interviews, but there's people that like it resonates in my heart that this is truth. And there's other people that it more feels like they're trying to sell a book or it's, it's fake. It's not real. And, and although yeah. everybody I think has good information, we can always learn something. You are one of the people that uh, meeting you last year, a year ago, um, I just got it to my core that you're the real deal. And um, I love and appreciate everything you do. And especially we talk about the world of physical mediumship, which I think is yes. so highly controversial. Uh, massive. Oh, massive, massive. Um, and to, I, I don't know, it's one of those things where I've gotten into disagreements with people. It can't possibly be real. And once you've experienced what I've experienced now several times, it's really hard to think that one's trying to uh, pull the wool over my eyes, you know? Yeah. And I think you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head where people will, will disagree with you. And I think you've got to kind of accept in life a, a very simple phrase is that uh, do, don't believe a word I say until you experience it yourself. And people who are not accepting of spiritualism or life after life, I think they are ones which will have to come to it in their own time. We can either force on our our beliefs onto other people, um, which is trying to force a flower to open before its time, or you allow the natural unfoldment and they will get to it eventually. And if they don't get to it eventually in this life, they will certainly realize when they die. Right, right. Well, could you just, there's some people who have not heard our episode 188, and I encourage anybody, even a new listener of the show, after you're done with this, go listen to episode 188. It is... Oh, it's great. You'll have goosebumps and you'll be on the edge of your seat for a long time. It's great. But Scott, would you just talk a little bit about what physical mediumship is uh, different from mental mediumship? Because I, I think many people don't know what it is. Of, of course, of course. With, with physical mediumship, it's different to mental. Mental is a medium that stands on platform and says, I have your mother or your father. And they give out information. And if that information is received then it becomes evidence with a physical medium is that the medium will sit in a certain condition and the power will pulse through them and as the power pulses through them that they are able to produce a form of phenomena that everyone in the room is able to hear and experience lots of people say oh they see the spirit world so it must be physical mediumship no you're seeing it objectively through mental mediumship a physical to produce a substance that is known as ectoplasm that exudes from the orifices of the uh, body of the medium and through manipulation by the spirit world they're able temporarily to cloak themselves and become either solid as what you will see um, like you and I if we were looking at each other and everyone in the room will see the same thing and they're able to go over touch hug kiss and talk to their loved one in the closest relation of their voice that, to me, is my interpretation of physical mediumship, not what some people may perceive to be mental mediumship. Right. And, and being part of a few seances now and actually witnessing, to me, which is the miraculous. I mean, it's, 
it, my, it, it's actually mind-blowing that this is it even does. possible. And for someone like you, who's been sitting for so long, it's just become regular, right? This is what well, you it, do. This is, this is not breathing in and out. And that's to get across to everyone who either comes to my demonstration or listens to these words, is that what we do is normal. And it's a normal process. And in a seance, yes, you get to sit in extraordinary conditions, but you can enter a seance room as a non-believer, and then you can leave the seance room absolutely knowing people come in broken, and all of a sudden they get a voice that they recognize. They realize that mother, father, son, daughter has merely just stepped into another room, and they're able to open the door and speak back to us. And I think that's the most important thing and keeps me motivated to do what we do is to help people get over, because I don't think you ever get really get truly get over uh, the passing of a loved one, but you learn to breathe again. And we, when you learn to breathe again, it, it doesn't sting you as badly, but it, you have a new lease of life that one day you'll see each other again. But under certain conditions, you are able to have that conversation and ask those questions that you've always wanted to ask or say what you want to say, which death robbed you of. Right. Yeah, beautiful. Well said. And for our listener, um, our boy, our interview, Scott, number 188 was almost an hour and a half. It was just great to spend so much time. And instead of repeating what we discussed then, um, I invited Scott on for this episode to talk about one of his passions, which is sharing some of the past great mediums, physical mediums, and just some of the phenomena and some of the stories and before our time, or maybe some of this happened when we were younger, depending on uh, how old we are listening right now. Uh, <laughs> but there's some really great people that, even though, you know, we might see some black and white photographs online, uh, these mediums were highly tested by science in their day. And this phenomena is oh, real. Yes. Yeah. So Scott, where would, where would we start talking? I mean, what, what, who do you love talking about in some of the phenomena? Well, uh, I think, the, the best place for me to start is probably with John Austin, who was my circle leader, because he himself was a physical medium, but he never reached the potential that he was uh, striving for because Colin came along. And John Austin's son was killed in a train crash uh, many years ago, and John stepped into a very deep depression. And in that moment of depression, that he went along to spiritual churches and they gave him proof of life beyond life, but they gave him encouragement to sit for himself. And in times of his desperate need, when he would say, uh, Howard, if you're there, show me, he always told me about uh, one time when he was really stressed, he screamed and said, Howard, can you hear me? And a dish that Howard made lifted off the mantelpiece and floated in the air and landed next to him. And he said, my proof medium it came from seeing this dish that Howard had made moved across and land next to me. And he said, from that moment, I never doubted again. And I think sometimes we can't register how, what, kind, what is evidence and what is. And that simple dish that floated moved him, moved him that the spirit world were listening and trying to help him in whatever way he can to breathe again. And um, from that moment, John Austin said to me, he had, went on this discovering and sitting with as many mediums sitting as possible to see these different areas of phenomena and try and encourage it himself. 
So he was able to go and sit with the wonderful medium, Leslie Flint. And Leslie Flint uh, was an independent direct voice medium, which was meaning that he didn't produce materialization. He just sat and voices were heard around his around him. And there is a website um, dedicated to Leslie Flint's work. And um, you were able to hear all the menaces. But Howard came through and told John about his um, sin, about his life, and also predicted that he would move to Brighton. So um, from that, John continued to sit, and he said he had peculiarities in his mediumship. One was that he was able to hold a tape recorder while the medium was demonstrated, and spirit voices were heard on top of that. So you would hear... Um, the medium saying, I've got your son here by name of George. The recorder, you would hear George saying, I want to speak to my father or my mother. My name is George. And then you would hear the guide tell the medium. Incredible. And he would play, he'd play this back on tape recorder. And I found that fascinating because I thought if the spirit world were able to produce that phenomena, what else can they produce? So John would tell me that these, these tables that he would sit for would levitate in the air. And he said, you should look at table levitation and um, table phenomena. And uh, I find table phenomena doesn't really work for me. But then it made me investigate Eusapia Palladino, who was an incredible physical medium. And uh, she was a tiny woman, a force to be reckoned with. And she used to put her hand above the table and say, work. And the table would levitate to her hands. But she would always say to the scientists around her, watch me, because if you don't, if I can fool you, I will. So they would focus very much on her. So they would stand her feet and so she wasn't able to manipulate the table and still the table moved. And on this occasion, and if I've repeated myself, please forgive me, but I feel it's vital that you realize that when you sit with the spirit world, you cannot limit a limitless power and you have to be open to the influence all around you instead of just focusing on one thing. And these scientists wanted to catch Eusapia out and said that if we um, do this test sitting and you don't produce you are a fraud and we will out you as a fraud. So they used to stand on her feet and they made her sit in a, in a very large hall with a curtain behind her. And they had all these photographs, uh, equipment, taking pictures as she was working and nothing happened. So they said they were going to out her as a fraud. And when they were developing the copper plates, because in those days they were on glass and copper plates to get the photographs done, they uh, realized as they were developing it, they were looking at Eusapia, but at the far end of the hall, a big room table was up in the air by itself. So it made the scientists realize that they can't just focus on one thing in front of the medium. They have to focus at the whole atmosphere. And then they started to investigate more. But as a physical medium, would you be prepared to be tested under extraordinary conditions to prove to people who don't understand physical, like uh, Florence Cook? And Florence Cook was, uh, again, the turn of the century. And she was, again, a physical medium who was investigated by Sir William Crookes, who was a, a leading scientist of his age and well respected. And they used to make Florence Cook lay on the floor and they would take strands of her hair and nail it to the floorboards. And then make her demonstrate. And her control was called Katie King. And Katie King would materialize from her and walk around the room while Florence Cook was either nailed to the floor or nailed to the floor in another room. He was very much um, 
supported by Sir William Crooks, but Sir William Crooks, when he was coming to the time of his passing, the family burnt a lot of his uh, findings because they didn't want their father to be known as a spiritualist. Well, that's too bad. This is it. And I I believe that there are incredible evidence of um, life beyond life, but families or organisations or societies don't want this truth to be brought out there. That's why they destroy the work. But a photograph is only relevant to the people who are present in the room because our modern day, if we look at like today, we can always Photoshop so many photos. Yes. And say this is anomalies and phenomena. Um, If you looked at um, William Hope or Bill Hope's work, he was a, um, his physical materialized in pictures. So you would pay a guinea to go and sit with him and he would take a photograph of you and in this photograph will be anomaly like an orb and not the bits of dust we see today but these will be full faces and people will say that's my father that's my mother so a seance in their time was different to how we do it now but still the same power if we looked at the incredible mediumship of marco baccio or marco bacci depending on how you want to pronounce him an italian man he was able to go in front of a radio and you'll place his hands on a radio and you would hear the voices of your loved ones. And you can see his work on YouTube, um, especially with the skull experiment. And um, you would hear the voices come out of this radio. And they used to take out the innards of the radio, like the bulbs and everything that should make this radio work, they took out. So technically, it shouldn't work at all. But when Marco Bacci was in the room, it worked. So he, he had the power, or he yes. got through the power. And- and that shows you anything that I the spirit world must come through a medium. A medium must be present. Someone who can control and work with this power. Mm. So with John, when he was investigating uh, mediumship, obviously he came across uh, Colin Fry, who was, a, in my mind, one of the best physical meetings I've ever sat with and whatever I've witnessed. And I know that in my time of sitting with him, there was no trickery, you know, having a parrot materialized from the cabinet flying around the room and um, hearing a lady saying, is that you, Sid? And then having the parrot speak back, you know, not of like, how are you? It was like, pretty boy, pretty boy. And having this, this parrot, and there's no way on God's earth that Colin was able to produce that by his hand, it had to be under the influence of the spirit. And this is what got me upset sometimes when I hear all the mediums of the past. Everyone seems to say, oh, they were fake because they've never experienced it. And I hear a lot of people saying, oh, mediumship is fake. Seances are fake. And I turn to them and say, how many seances have you sat in? Yes. And they say none. And I'm like, well, if you haven't sat in it, you can't you can't have an opinion. You need to experience it and then make up an opinion from that, from a point of reference. But there are mediums out there who are fraudulent and who do the vulnerable. And I think they do need to be outed and, um, and educated because they're doing a lot of damage. Doing a lot of damage for our reputation, the reputation of spiritualism. But also, have they ever thought about the damage that they're doing to their own spirit? Hmm. Probably not. No. And that, that's, that's, that's a big, big question that we need to ask ourselves. But going back to happy times, shall we keep it happy? Uh, like Gordon Higginson, 
was, a, in my mind, probably the best uh, all-round medium who saved the Spiritual National Union, who I believe saved the Arthur Finley College from bankruptcy. And uh, his father thought he was peculiar. Um, at the age of four years old, he would pick up a ball and throw it, and it would stop in midair and fly back to him. And he was playing catch with Cuckoo, with one of his spirit companions. I have not heard that story. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, it, I thought he was peculiar because they, he would throw this ball and it would stop in midair and fly back to him like it was on elastic and he was playing catch with Cuckoo. But with Gordon, he had the way of getting the best out of people by telling you the spirit world was interested. Now you need to go out and find out what that interest is. So he had a way of, of, of training people to go always back to the spirit and work with a relationship with, with the power. A very dear friend of myself and Eileen's is called Gerard Smith. And Gerard uh, sat in one of the Gordon's materialization seance. And uh, on this occasion, a little girl materialized with black hair and her hair was plaited either side of her. And she walked up the cabinet and she said, um, Father, why is mother not here? And she created all of light in her hand and threw it out into the crowd. The father caught it and then threw it back. So that he was able to play catch with his daughter. And I think that's incredible. And hearing the stories of branches of, of trees materializing through apples through his stomach and people seeing the branch coming through and blossom on the, on the branch and berries as well. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it happened. Could you talk a little bit about apports today in the show? What they are and some of the things Absolutely. that you've witnessed? It's the spirit world. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. Um, I've seen from coins here in the air uh, to two leather-bound chairs just dropping and being stacked on top of each other. So what happens with an apple? If an object disappears, so if you have an object at home and you know it's there and it disappears, it's called an asport object taken away if you have an uh, an object that appears and there's no way you can explain it it's called an apport okay so asport away apport ring so with physical mediumship under the power the spirit world will uh, experiment with you and you may find in your seance that you'll hear things drop like coins but every apport must have a meaning it must be intelligence so, for instance, if a coin was apported, and what happened in my seance at the uh, two lads to one of my demonstrations from America, it could have been Canada, but I, I say America, I feel more confident with America. And um, they were very close. One was born in 80, 1980, and one was born in 1982, I think. And the coin uh, was apported to both of them from one of their fathers and said this will bridge the gap between the two ages and when the light came on the coin was um hallmark 81 so one lad was born in 80 the coin was made in 81 and the other lad was born in 82 so it bridged the gap um we had uh, incredible apports through colin one would be his mouth would open and berries would drop out of his mouth and these berries will start to fill a bowl and the bowl will then overflow. And the bowl was too big for his mouth. So we used to call him the human fruit machine <laughs> because you could see his thing just keep coming out of his mouth. And it wasn't regurgitated. Uh, it wasn't 
swallowed beforehand. They were ripe berries. They weren't chewed. They weren't wet. They were ripe. And they just came out and they filled this bowl and more. And we thought that was extraordinary. Yes. With David Thompson, we were sitting there and his mouth opened in light. This is in red light. And you saw a mound of ectoplasm pouring around his mouth and out in light came a silver hat pin and it came up point first. It floated out of his mouth, floated an inch away from him on the floor for everyone to see. But there was another story behind it at the market stall that it was taken from and we needed to go and see the market stall owner who was in Camden Market and obviously going to see Camden Market, etc., and trying to find the storeholder. And the storeholder confirmed that these were the hat pins which were sold on her stall and some of them went missing. Mm-hmm. So, again, we thought that was interesting. Uh, but through my own work, uh, we had coins first and then we had jewellery. And that's why a lot of times when you come to my seances, we do ask you to take your jewellery off because if jewellery is then apported into the room, what's stopping someone saying, oh, that was mine and I had it before I came into the seance room? Yes. We had a gold cross and chain, beautiful gold cross, and it was apported. And um, as it was apported and the light came on, the lady said, oh, that's mine. I was wearing it. It must have dropped off me. And we had no proof. So um, I like it within my demonstrations to cover all the variables, to make sure there's no room for any trickery, any doubt or anything like that. So we try and cover the variables as possible. Excellent. But apports, they are incredible. They can, when they actually come through the atmosphere and land in your hand, they could be ice cold or they could be burning hot. And I think that's, that's awesome. One of the seances that I sat with Colin and this, this was a different form of apples and it was a very hot summer's day. And we were sitting in the shed at the end of the garden. So there's no windows. So it's light proof. So that means it's air proof. So we're slowly cooking. And we were allowed to have a bowl of water in there. And Charlie Carter, the spirit boy, was walking around the room. And you're allowed to dip your hand in the water. And you were able to then dab yourself down to try and cool yourself off. Or he'll put his hand in and flick the water at you. So um, on this occasion, he asked hand into the water which we did and it was water and uh, we dabbed ourselves down and he said right I'm going to concentrate and he concentrated and he said now do it again and the same bowl as I put my hand into it there was no water there was just ice and he had frozen the water and that was physically impossible in a heated room incredible Scott yeah I was just like that was awesome but then it's a lot for your mind to take in yes. and moving from that moment of in the and going home and trying to explain it to your parents, it's impossible. They have to explain it themselves. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even people uh, in these shows, people have experienced pennies or different coins showing up in their life or feathers or things that had not been there previously. So these would be just versions of apports that are happening in our own lives, correct? Yeah, it can do. Or we have to. uh, um, I was really quite. I wasn't blunt. I don't think that's the right word, but I was quite logical when I was at the Alpha Finley College and I was staying in the annex, which is a separate building at the end of the the garden. And as I was walking there, this lady was really excited 
And um, she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, look at this. And there's all these feathers. She goes, oh, isn't it wonderful that the spirit world was able to do that? And I just looked to the left, and there was a bird that was being eaten by a fox. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do I burst her bubble and say, well, actually, that poor bird had just been mutilated. Right. And I just said, um, I said, unfortunately, if you look to the left, and there was, there was a half-eaten bird, and that was the owner of all the feathers. Yes. So, and obviously the wind had taken it. So, there is times where we have to allow logic to be our friend. Definitely. And say, actually, feathers could be a sign, or it could just be a cause and effect uh, of um, someone passing. <laughs> but I love the controlled environment, like you explained, because we get to go into uh, your seance and we are all checked and there's a metal wand going around or encouraged to you know, take off the jewelry and and I can see why it's when things appear uh, no one can say oh that was mine or I mean it makes you can really witness phenomena but some of the things have been large too uh, Banyan Retreat uh, banyanretreat.com or dot co.uk is the place where you and I first met and there's some great uh, apports that are there visible one is a wooden bust correct I'm trying to think what's there there's some yeah, feathers that, that, that was correct that came through in my mediumship in in 2014 and it just happened when uh, the Arthur Finley College had changed the rules on physical and they wanted me to adopt the new rules and the new protocol and I was saying no because they hadn't developed me they allowed me to demonstrate but other than making these decisions knew, knew about my work or my mediumship so I said to um, the president along with the uh, committee that I was going to redraw um, working there because I don't feel it's right for what you're doing and um, on the day of my redraw I was sitting in our home circle and there was like a big bang noise and um, we thought one of our circle members had fallen off her chair because it was so loud. And when the light came on, I saw a huge solid wooden bust, an Indonesian bust, and um, beautiful carved, uh, but very, very heavy. And um, I thought that was awesome. And I think the other world did that for me to, to reaffirm that they were listening and anything was possible. And um, it just helped me with my confidence again, because going from working in a beautiful place and I mean, it was putting limits on my mediumship. And I don't believe we should limit our limitless power. We should allow the spirit world to unfold us. Mm. Arthur Finley College, are they looking more to physical mediumship, uh, doing things in the light? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, they they were trying to get it more into the light, but they're trying to record it. And... um, I was trying to give them counsel on this because back in a few years ago in 2011 to about 2014, nearly every sense were able to see the ectoplasm move across the floor. And on a couple of occasions, Tanya from who was the general manager or who is the general manager of the college was asked to open the library door to allow white light to come in. And they showed ectoplasm then, but we had no personal communication and the thing is that the seance isn't a show. It's about mending lives. And if we can bring through just one voice, recognize that is the purpose of the demonstration, not for trumpets just to lift and float around the room. So they were trying to film it. So I said to them, 
um, you know, how long do I have until we, you know, instrumenting the, the camera exception? They said, well, we'll give you six months. And again, what we're doing, it's a slow process. And the infrared camera is actually quite detrimental to the uh, production of the phenomena. And if you looked at um, a mobile phone or what you call a cell phone and put it next to a wireless radio, when you dial that phone, it can affect the frequency and it causes the radio to be distorted. So even though you can't see the, the vibration, it's emitting a vibration. And we are, we're starting to work with a thermal camera and we are doing it very, very slowly. And we are starting to get little results but it's a slow process. It's never been done before. So the thermal camera just picks up heat. Picks up heat. Okay. Oh, yeah, it picks up heat. Um, so you, what you will see, because it's quite a, a, a high quality camera, you can see the outlines of everyone's body. You can see their temperature, and you see me being tied to a chair, the, the curtains down, and you will start to see slow amounts of phenomena. Uh, one is that a cushion uh, that I sit on. It gets dragged up behind me and thrown out, and then the, obviously the hands are tied and then get sucked back in. And um, it's a small, small steps, uh, but it's something that we're working towards. So I'm not against experimenting, but you must listen to the spirit first. But I hope that the proof in the pudding is obviously the voices will come and speak. Uh, we just done a, a seance in Holland. Uh, just recently, uh, uh, wonderful friends of ours called Jose Gostro, who is in Narden, who has a centre out there. Two seances, one for the big public and one for the group who was sitting for the week. And the sitting for the week, they were able to produce a voice box away from me. So the spirit world were able to talk in the middle of the room. But Daniel, my control, was still speaking through me in trance at the same time. So there was like two spirit voices at once speaking. And that was not possible but equally you heard daniel running up and down the room clapping and and talking mm. and um then straight afterwards i'm i'm still bound to the and the ties are still in place i haven't moved and that in itself becomes proof but we what was the cherry on top of the cake was that a lady whose um partner uh committed suicide was able to have that conversation with him in dutch and for me, I'm thrilled about that because that is the purpose of my demonstration, not to see this like substance ooze out of us. It's about seeing the results of the voices, what they can achieve through the condition. Mm, and knowing, I'm assuming you don't speak Dutch. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I can, I can say a few words mm -hmm. like, uh, Good Morgen, Leipo, Fork, Messi, which is uh, Good Morning, Spoon, Fork, and uh, Nice. <laughs> the important things. Yeah. Yeah, the important things. And I can say Moy, which is nice. Lacquer, which is a good tasty. And Helmoy, which is, oh my God. Having the languages come through, uh, whether it's through you, Leslie Flint, um, when you, you don't speak those languages and people are having a conversation with their deceased loved one, it, it is there's nothing like it and to me i i love all of it so i would love to see some things happening in the light sure i would but as far as for a grieving mom or dad or brother sister spouse to actually have a conversation or to be able to touch or hug or feel the stubble along your face of uh, you know your deceased loved one i mean 
that's evidence to me and that helps with the grieving process oh it's, it's awesome it's awesome and we we've had so many different languages we've had uh, italian french german um mandarin uh, armeg um we've had dutch uh, lager lager su uh, guy came over from america he was uh, able to speak um, Native American. He was able to speak Laga Laga Sioux uh, to the voice what was coming out and have an intelligent conversation, which I thought was awesome. Sure. Uh, awesome. But it's it's about, for, for me, is learning how we can take this mediumship forward for the next generation, but also honoring the past. Because there was oh, so many physical mediums of the past where we were able to produce so much different form of phenomena uh, and speak in different tongues and do automatic writing in different languages and so on. And that in itself is awesome feat. And um, it's about remembering the past. Like if you looked at the uh, wonderful mediumship of the Eddy brothers and the Eddy brothers would sit and they were, I think they, if I remember rightly, they're a family of nine and everyone was mediumistic besides the father. And um, they would go and play in the cornfields. And as they were playing in the cornfields, and as they're imagining soldiers and imagination was getting the better of them, they moved into an altered state. And a wonderful Native American and Native men would materialize and stand watching them in the cornfield. And it would scare the father, and the father sent them off to the circus. So um, they would go and, and demonstrate in the circus. Everyone in their family, when they went to school, that they were put in one classroom. So if you were four years old or 12 years old, you will still be in the same classroom. And the teacher got scared and banned them from school. So they didn't get the education, what they needed, but through their mediumship, they were able to produce incredible feats. And one being uh, apportations of, of long spears, you know, between six and 12 foot spears, you know, try and hide that on a person. Impossible. You can't. No. Yeah. Uh, but they used to work in daylight. But I find an interesting study, possibly, is that why certain mediums are able to take like pigmentation of their skin. Like if I went to Australia now, because I'm from UK and not put sunscreen on me in summer, I would burn like a crisp. Yes. But Australian people, their skins are able to take that form of a UV lighting. So if we were able to find a physical medium in Australia and sit with them, would they be able to sit in light? I find that would be interesting studies to do under the guidance of the spirit. And you yourself have been burnt in a seance. As the committee said that they wanted to change the protocol, the day before the meeting, I got badly burnt. And I got a burn across my stomach, which is photographed um, 20 minutes after the incident. And you could see it about the size of a dinner plate. And the medium next to me, which was Eileen Davis, the back of her hand was burnt. So it shows there's an energy and energy can react. And if you looked at the, the incident with Helen Duncan, where she was held as a witch and uh, persecuted as a witch back in the 1950s um, because she did a seance uh, during wartime. And as she was doing a seance, uh, a sailor materialized with the Byram written across the cap and said to his mother that the, the, the hood, the, the ship hood had gone down and all was lost. So she went off and, and spoke to the powers to be to say they had this information. So they thought she was a spy. And um, in, in particular, so kicked down the door and shone torches on her 
and um, we're pulling at her clothes, thinking that she had a double stomach. She was able to swallow up to three meters of cheesecloth into her stomach and then regurgitate it and form it as a loved one. And they dragged her down the stairs and she died of um, massive organ failure. So she received all these burns and she was persecuted. And we're still trying to this very day to get her name annulled under the Witchcraft Act, which was then the Fraudulent Mediums Act. Mm. She was no fraud. Poor, poor No woman. fraud. And, oh, and you know, it's the same as when you see her photographs of these paper mache uh, figures and people say they're fake. They are fake because she wasn't allowed to demonstrate at the Old Bailey. So when she was in court and she was trying to defend herself, she said, I will demonstrate. And they all turned around and said no. So they had to create these photographs to produce evidence. That's why you see um, a lady, what looks like Mrs. Duncan, with a blindfold on, with fabric stuff underneath it, and there's a paper mache figure. Because they had to produce them in court. So we're trying to bring that forward to say, look, the evidence is stacked up and it's been misunderstood. And we need to clear her name. But I don't know if that's going to happen yet. Well, the time may be coming. Scott, what happened that there was so many physical mediums um, back in the day and why there's only a handful that we hear about now? Do you have any idea of what changed in the world? Yes. I, I believe when I spoke to the spirit world about it and what's been said through my work, is that the world has become too busy and full of distractions. Back in the day of going back to 50, 60 years ago, they didn't have television which distracted them. They would sit at home in a family environment and friends, and they would sit and sing and create a harmony and a, a peace where they were able to work with the power. If, you know, after this call, or as we listen to this, these words, you may be playing on your mobile phone, which is distracting you. Um, or you may go and check your emails and when, instead of just sitting there and, and sitting to the silence and moving into that power. But also, I believe that the, the energy in the atmosphere has been uh, diluted as well, like Wi-Fi, uh, with mobile phone networks, etc. So the energy itself has changed. And I believe back in the 50s, there was a massive need because there was war that we just had this massive war. Um, and loads, so many lives came to the spirit world. I think the spirit world needed to help prove life beyond life so that war doesn't come about again. But then if you look in, in our world now, which is 2017, um, we are very close to something bad happening with obviously America and North Korea. And so I feel that if the other world can intervene now, if they can, we should be awakening mediums up so that they themselves understand that all life is sacred. Yes, and I'm, I'm excited that um, I had spoken with Robin Foy from the Skull Experiment, and he's got his own website encouraging people to sit in groups, and I forgot what number he said, but what he knew of is there was six or 700 groups that are now sitting around the world. There could be a lot more than that. Um, I, I yes. met a nice fellow that I'd love to introduce you to who was just on a couple episodes again, Rob Blackburn. He is uh, sitting as a physical medium in the United States and to resurrect this, <laughs> so to speak. And, yeah. and I understand why many of these groups are just sitting in private and they're not public about it. Yeah, Home Circle is key. 
without home circle, the medium cannot work. Now, the difference between a demonstrating medium is that when a medium stands up or sits in a chair and gets tied down and works, they're showing what they can do. So when they're showing what they can do is that the reservoir of power, which they built up through the years of sitting, is draining and it's slowly getting weaker and lesser. And it's important if you're a demonstrator or sitting as a physical medium, it's important to go home circle to refill and recharge yourself. And that is where the development takes the next step forward. And so in back in the fifties uh, that you were kept silent, you know, now there's, you put something on social media, it goes across the world instantaneously, yes. which puts a lot of pressure on the mediums to come out publicly or defend themselves or demonstrate back in the, in those times, they didn't have that. So it was kept quiet until the spirit world said, now, introduce people into your seance room why do you think it disappeared or there's only a handful that we know of i mean there could be more that you know of but uh as, as far as i know you know i haven't done too 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 much exploration um but yours is one of the top names if not the top of the demonstrating physical medium where did they go i think it's because we've lost the art of sitting I think we don't have, we can have a physical medium, but if they haven't got good ground to develop that, that potential, then that, that's the problem. So education is key. You know, you can have a seed, the perfect seed to make the perfect flower, but if the soil isn't good and the conditions aren't good, it won't materialize, it won't develop. So for me, I think the education of people demanding when actually we should be sitting and allowing the spirit world to say to us what they need. And so we say to the spirit world, move this, move that, talk to us. And we should listen to that power and allow time, time to understand and allow the power to mature naturally. Can you talk a little bit about how much time it has taken you from when you first... <laughs> Well, this is just as evidence. I mean, we're in a generation that we want everything today. We want to be able to yeah, do, absolutely. if we want to read a book, it's no more going to the library, going to a bookstore. We can download it immediately. We all things want things now, but developing as a physical medium or even sitting in these home circles, what kind of time are, may we be talking about? Okay. Well, let me just give you a little bit of background. On the first sitting, on the very first sitting, in my home circle, we got bangs on command. And I'm not talking like little taps. I'm talking about proper thumps, loud bangs on the wall. On the 11th sitting, so this is 11 hours into my development, we had a voice in midair. I had nothing for two and a half years. Not an energy change, not the atmosphere change for two and a half years. And we still sat and sang. And then I heard a voice in my head which got louder and louder and louder. And I couldn't move above it, below it, around it. It was just in my face. And then this, this power moved from my stomach and I felt the voice come up through my stomach. And the first ever word I spoke in the trance state was so profound, but it came out as yish. I couldn't say yes, it kept on coming out as yish. And then the voice presented itself. Now I've been sitting for almost 20 years now, 20 years every Wednesday. Now, if I'm working away, my circle sits on a Wednesday, if I'm there or not, and I try and sit mental practice 
talking to the spirit world at least once a day, at least. So at this moment, I am in a very infant stages of development. Uh, I'm starting to get um, materialization. They're starting to show their hands on the luminous plaque and the voice box is starting to mature. How long is it going to take? Well, that's an infinite question, which means that basically our development is eternal. So that means we'll never reach the destination, but we'll continue to strive with it. So it's hard to put a number on on something. Colin developed within 21 weeks, which is 21 hours of sitting. Amazing. David Thompson took seven and a half years until things started to re, uh, respond. It's only been the last seven years. I can honestly say things accelerate with me. But we as mediums are so reliant upon the people who sit with us. A circle, you know, you may say physical mediums are rare, which they are. But to have good people to sit for you, to develop you, who understand it, are even more rarer. Who are willing not to use their mediumistic faculties while they're sitting, to encourage the medium to develop instead of saying, I want to develop. It's all about our attitude towards the spirit world and the tunement and the relationship between you and them does the spirit world use our energy as the people in the circle uh to direct oh, yeah. to you for um yeah. the phenomena or yes yes when you when you sit in circle the the people who are sitting for you uh get a drawing of power and this can be a pulling on the stomach this could be you yawning you may get heat sensation from your hands like a drawing on hands you may drawing energy from you and they draw energy not only in the seance they draw energy uh, from you leading up to the seance. so they could be drawing on you um during the day there is power and it's a psychic power they're drawing from you so psychically you'll be weak but spiritually you'll be strong for it so um why you are sitting in the seance that's when it becomes more intense and uh, this is why when you come and sit with me the first three songs are key but also it allows the minds to relax and to adjust from having um, the lights on to the lights off and the atmosphere moves and changes. But if you've got one person in that seance who is sending a, a negative thought or is saying, oh, I want to leave or I want this, I want that, that poisons the whole power. It poisons it. And the spirit world will then have extremely hard break down that barrier fear as well if people are fearing the dark or nervous of the dark this is why sometimes that the voice comes through first of all and makes people laugh yes and then it breaks down that that barrier that myth that you know this is something which is has been seen on movies that something bad's going to happen yes i remember the first seance i went to i, I was scared you know you, you tell me it's going to happen yeah. in the dark and things could be flying around and voices coming out of nowhere and the word ectoplasm scared me everything but to, to sit there and the humor the laughter singing songs singing christmas carols singing i will survive you know i, <laughs> I was laughing so hard and then daniel's voice came out and brought more humor and i just got this image as we were talking about uh, the people sitting in the home circle and i'm imagining back in the day when we actually had to put batteries in our equipment you know i would have a 
cassette recorder and it took I don't even remember how many batteries it took but all the batteries had to be in facing the same direction put in just the right way and if if one of those batteries didn't work none of them worked the 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 player didn't work so I'm imagining people sitting in circle really being the batteries and so if fear is present or a negative person's present uh, it won't work absolutely that's a good way of putting it I like to say it's like baking a cake you have to have the right ingredients added at the right time in the right place for the cake to be good. Yeah, it sure is fun. But all comes, yeah. Well, you, it all comes through sitting and experiencing. You know, my my circle leader John would say, "Let's just sit and see what happens." Let's sit, and I used to say to him, "Right, I'm going to go on a course," and he'd say, "Well, what course are you going on?" And I'd say, "Oh, I'm going to be Arthur Finley College." Who's the tutor? And I'll say the tutor. And he said, why do you want to go there? And I say, because I feel I must. And then he'll say, then you can go. Then if I said to them, I want to go because I want to be like that person, he said, you can't go. He said, everything you need to learn, everything you need to know, you'll find within your seance room. So save your money and sit in the dark. And the great thing about John, he, he was more mediumistic than we gave him credit for. He knew one step in front of everyone. And he knew, under the influence of the spirit, what to do to develop us. And that was to allow time. And on one night, he after Colin's seance, the uh, seance room was at the front of his flat. And the door out leads into his bedroom. So you have to go through his bedroom to get to the seance room. And he closed the seance room door. And him and his wife, Geraldine, were laying in bed and they were kind of discussed in the circle and they were just about to drift. And the seance room door opened by itself. And she, you heard footsteps and the bed started to move gently. And a little spirit girl had materialized and was walking up into the bed and started to, you know, cuddle in between John and Geraldine. And she was kind of getting herself comfortable. And Geraldine saying, for Christ's sake, John, sit still. And he said, it's not me. And then they realized it was a spirit child. And they said to the spirit child, come back on Tuesday and talk to me. Well, the spirit child thumped her hands down on the bed and sulked and stomped back into the sounds room, slammed the door behind. And they heard motion in the sounds room. The next day they went in there and the pictures had been taken off the wall and placed on the floor. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't scared about that. He just said, oh, clearly, clearly, I'm so sorry if I've upset you. You know, please come back on Tuesday and speak to me. And what he was trying to do is make sure it was done in a very controlled environment yes. to give the spirit child the most best possible way of talking to us. Did she come back? As far as I'm aware, no. Um, what I find is it showed that that building, that, that room had power. But they sat for 40 years to develop it in that 40 room. 40 years. 40 years. And if you go to Banyan and speak to Nick... Nick will tell you on the day of the seance, you would hear uh, footsteps walking down the corridor. You would hear knocking. All that is occurring leading up to the seance. So the other world are already preparing. There's power within that room. If you go to trance at the Alfredini College, my best place to do trance would be the library. But that's where the power and the teachings used to be held. Or it still is held. I took a course uh, in trance mediumship this past year and it was in the library and for me having never done it before every single one of us in the group was able to do trance 
of speaking, and it was mind-blowing. And it never Good. even dawned on me ha- that all that power has been built up. Yeah, that building is used every day. Every day. Every day. Uh, for what we do so that it has a natural power there you speak to the staff and the staff say there's peculiarities which go on through the day you know you speak to the night staff and the night staff say we've seen things move there's a lamp which is in the uh, uh the bar now it used to be in the um gallery which is outside the uh that moved by itself in front of eileen davis it slid across the floor and she said i watched it the light was on and this is in front of students. It moved by itself. And that's because of the power. The power is there. And um, what I'm trying to also say is that the phenomena that happened in my circle is peculiarities of my mediumship. And you shouldn't try and recreate those that same experience. You should go and get your own peculiarities of mediumship. And that's why people say, I, we will never get another colleague. We'll get another. We won't get another Gordon. They they were unique, but we should be getting your own mediumship, but going further, further than where they they left off. And it's about natural progression. This is such a great conversation, and I love that I'm a part of being able to bring these conversations out into the world. Oh, it's awesome! It, it, it's awesome! It, it is, and even at the beginning, I had mentioned um, AfterlifeInstitute.org, A R E I, and talk about a group of great people interested in making a difference on planet earth they're bringing together the literature now of how to start your own home circle they themselves are sitting in a circle for years now uh and it it, and i think it's the time it's time for us to maybe just set to one side all of our electronics and devices and things and get back into communities and um one of the things we're missing a lot even they say children these days are not developing with social skills because we're too busy on our electronics but to uh get this going again and just to see what's possible i mean there's so many great pioneers of the past but i can't help but believe in our society that we don't know it yet but there's going to be others with these great potential and great phenomena that are yet to happen. And I think we're on the edge of that now, the tipping point of saying, okay, this is real. It's happened before. It's going to happen again in new ways. And then you're on the forefront, obviously, of demonstrating what's possible and giving really great education and also being able to witness you uh, doing this. But it's funny that you bring up the technology and and the spirit world have said, at this moment, because you've got so many distractions, they have to wait for people who understand how to use this technology to pass over to the spirit world, to educate the spirit world so that they can influence the technology so that we'll be able to have phenomena through the iPad, through cameras and through computers, etc., so that it can ignite the, the man's way of thinking about life beyond life. Um, on that note, I remember a story of Fanny Higginson and Gordon um, going to sit with Maurice Barbonell to listen to the teachings of Silver Birch. And the Hannah Swaffer Circle used to sit regularly at a certain It was half past seven. The doors were locked. They would sit and no one was allowed in. There was no exceptions. And they were driving down uh, to the circle and it was particularly foggy and they were delayed. 
So Gordon said, look, it's a long journey, mother. I think we need to turn back. They won't let us in. And Fanny Higginson said, carry on. So uh, over a few minutes, Gordon said, no, mother, I must insist. I feel we need to turn back. And Fanny Higginson said, I sent a message to Silver Birch to let his medium know that we're en route. We will be delayed. Carry on. And um, so they, Gordon drove all the way to the Hannah Swaffer Circle to be met by one of the circle members outside to say, we've received the communication from Silver Birch that you're en route when we're waiting for you. That's great. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. As That's what you call, you know, spirit email, <laughs> you know? Yeah, spirit email. Could you talk a little bit, Scott, about Alec Harris? Only because I read the book not too, too long ago that his wife had uh, written. And I just... I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. Well, Alec Harris is probably the king of physical mediumship in the sense that he was able to sit in complete light or in red light, dull light, and he was able to produce materialization of loved ones. And he was a person, his wife was the one who was interested in spiritualism, and they sat for table tilt and the table would move. And they were getting messages from spiritualist churches to encourage um, the family to sit. And uh, Alec came along and he was the attended medium. And on this occasion, I believe it was Alan Crosley that sat with um, Alec Harris. And Alec um, would sit in a corner and then you would have like a horseshoe circle around. And then there'll be another circle behind that. So there's two rows. And on this occasion, that Alan was able to sit next to the cabinet. And the cabinet was just a curtain drawn across him. And as Rowan materialized and started to walk around the room and shaking people's hands, um, the curtain had opened up slightly and he was able to see Alec sitting in the chair. And he noticed that his feet were disappearing. And then so was his legs. Then, obviously, the upper body was disappearing. So he tried to get Louise Harris's attention. And said, Lou, you know, your husband's disappearing. And as he said that, he looked back and there was a completely empty chair that Alec had disappeared. So he, he said, oh, my God, oh, my God, your, your husband's disappeared. And she said, oh, don't worry, he'll turn up somewhere. And uh, Very calmly and peacefully, she said that. And the guide, Ryan, turned around and said, we would like you to open the door, walk down the stairs and open the door, the front garden, find your husband there. Can you wake him up and bring him back in, please? So they went downstairs and they opened up the door and there on all fours was Alec in trance on the doorstep. They woke him up, walked him back into the sounds room, locked the door and he sat down and carried on. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Really great. And, uh, and he was such a skeptic. He wanted no part of this and he was upset when he found out his wife was going to spiritualist demonstrations and then for him to be turned into one of the greats. Oh. Oh, he used to have um, on one of the sittings, he had a, a stick. I think it was a ruler, extended ruler in his pocket. And he was going to use that to kind of help with the phenomena in the home circle as a skeptic. And the moment the lights went out, it flew out his pocket, said, we don't need this. And it dropped out. And then he started to develop quite fiercely. And um, I think it was when he was in Johannesburg one time that, um, uh, what's his name? George sat with him who's now in the spirit world, who was part of the Noah's Ark Society. And he got a sit-in with uh, Alec, and he was asked to 
sit close to him and a Native American in copper uh, color skin materialized in front. And he said it looked like copper. And he invited the um, man up, which was uh, George Cranley, uh, to stand in front of a Native American and hit him and punch him in the stomach. So he tapped him and he said, no punch. And he punched him really hard in the stomach and the Native American didn't move at all. And it showed that the, the spirit person was solid. But they would have um, the Native American materialized, which was sometimes white wing, which was part of Louise Harris's group uh, control. And then Rowan and the little child. And I think the little child was called Topsy. I, I, can't, I can't take that for sure, but I'm sure it was called Topsy. And one would materialize, and, um, which was the same size as Dick. Rowan materialized. So you had the Native American and um, the Arab man. And then all of a sudden the child would materialize, but obviously was a different size to Alec. And all three of them would stand in the middle of the room. The curtains would then separate and you would see Alec. And there was a sheet of ectoplasm around him with all these faces of loved ones being pushed through, which you were able to recognize all at once. And then all of a sudden the curtains would draw and the Native American would dematerialize from head down. Rowan would then dematerialize from feet and the little child would walk back into the cabinet and wave and draw the curtain round. That would be awesome. Of course. That's awesome. And the stories within the book um, by his wife, it's just so many people who were grieving and then their loved one would appear, uh, even animals and yes. pets and children and hear the voices. And um, in the description of this, if you're listening on YouTube or wherever you're listening, just look in the description. I'll have a link also to that book about Alec Harris because it's an easy read and just what was possible. And one thing I really liked about Alec and yourself as well, Scott, is you're not out for fame and fortune. You maintain uh, private work and you, you do this to really impact humanity. I mean, Alec just wanted enough money just to pay his bills and to put food on the table. And I feel you're the same type of individual. Yeah, well, you know, you certainly won't be rich through what we do. You, you'll be poor, more than likely. Yes. Um, but, you know, I like to do my work. I like to try and make a difference. I'm actually painfully shy, so attention isn't good for me. Um, I just want to be able to do my work, do it as best I can, help and play a part in moving this wonderful truth forward. And uh, if I can do that, then I'm, I'm happy. Um, but, you know, trust me, you have to work, or if you're a worker yourself, you need to have thick skin. And you say you have to have the heart of a butterfly, but the hide of a rhinoceros, <laughs> because people will try and grind you down and say, this isn't right, we can't do it like this, you're a liar, you're this, you're that. And you've got to smile sweetly and just think, well, that's your opinion. That's where you are in your life. Don't try and convert them. Don't try and change them. It's up to them if they wish to listen or not. Um, a few years ago, I'd roll my sleeves up and I'd go fighting. I'd really start to swing back and I'd say no. And it's like um, I use the analogy of uh, a person coming into my seance room and said, I want it like this. I want it like that. And I say, you wouldn't walk into a synagogue eating a bacon sandwich. You respect that environment. So please don't come into my sounds room and tell me that I should work like this. These are the conditions I've sat in for almost 20 years, which will get the best results. So I'm not here to prove it. I'm here to work in that condition. They will prove it to you, not me. 
you know, and if the medium tries to prove it, it shows they've interfered. We are simply a channel for that information to pass through. And um, I just find it really, really funny uh, when people do have an opinion. And there was uh, quite controversial uh, a demonstration last year by another guy which was filmed at Banyan and he was outed as a fraud. Yes. So he's then now come out and saying oh, it was cryoplasm and that, which is all makey uppy words um, to try and uh, defend what he did. If he was just a man, he turned up and said, look, guys, I've messed up. It got the better of me. I think he would have more respect. But unfortunately, he's continuing to lie and change education. But um, there was this massive cry saying we want it all in the light. And a psychic artist once said to me, um, quite publicly, she said, the spirit was an intelligence in darkness. And I said, quite rightly so. I agree with you. But the medium needs darkness. The spirit world doesn't, but the medium does. They are the channel. They are the, the place of focus. And I said to her on the flip side, I said, well, you're a psychic artist, yes. So you need pencil and paper to express the power of the spirit. The spirit world's an intelligence. They don't need that. But you do. So before you have an opinion, think about it, because mediums in a position of influence and power. So if they say to their followers, you don't do it like this because it's wrong, that then ripples out further and further and further. We should say to them, look, everyone is unique. Some people sit like this. Some people sit like that. If sitting in the dark is not comfortable for you, then you're not ready for it at the moment. And I suggest you stay away until the medium develops enough that if they can understand. I myself have been um, not skeptical to, I guess maybe that's the word, to interview other physical mediums that I haven't sat with and really explored the authenticity of it. And there's a fellow that's out in the world now who um, I saw recently one of his adverts about he'll be in such and such an area and he's doing a seance uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night and the price was crazy expensive and I just can't help but think this is draining for you and this and it, and it just doesn't resonate to me as yeah. valid that one could just no. produce on-demand no. phenomena like that. We can only produce I, I myself would be pushing it you know many years ago when i was much younger and much more naive i did four seances in two days and it almost killed me it, it was so draining i had nosebleeds i had the mother of all hair each one and i was extremely weak and i couldn't work properly for a month and afterwards so it does have effects so now I can probably, in, in the standard that I can say that would be an acceptable standard of, of demonstration, I would say I can do no more than three in a very short period of time. But I need to have a home circle in between that time to sit to recharge. And you know, poor Jack Webber, who was uh, a wonderful physical medium, passed when he was 33 years old. Wow. He did up to three a day three a day at one point because the demand was so high for him and he died. So when I, when I see people's adverts for, for seances and things like that, I smile. Um, and then I get angry because they are doing a lot of damage and they're, they're giving fuel to skeptics. And I say this, 
you know, to see um, people spitting out stones and things like that, I just think that's, that's not a seance. Um, and, you know, when people are saying, oh, this is a gift from Archangel Michael or so on and so forth, I, I look at it. If it's going to be a gift from someone who's supposed to be so high, surely it's got to be a precious stone, not something that you can buy in Chinatown. Um, you know, the crystal must be a proper crystal, not plastic. There's got to be intelligence behind it. And um, I get very, very disillusioned. Now, if I get disillusioned with all my experience, think how bad it's going to be for other people. Yes. And, you know, the fellow that got outed at um, Banyan, I'm sure he had a loyal group of followers that really believed, and not saying he's not a physical medium, but it's it would be no different like if we found out something about you it would be heartbreaking that and, and no one wants to feel taken yeah, advantage of in any line of work at all and this is such a most of us stay very quiet about our search for the evidence of the afterlife and we're afraid to even tell people in our own lives uh let alone like for me flying to the UK twice a year to go to Banyan Retreat Center to <laughs> go to Voices of the Past and Whispers of the Soul um which is coming up in April but we don't want to be let down we don't want people to think no. we're strange you know our integrity's on the line Absolutely and this is why you must sit in home circle first for a period of time and learn about the relationship between you and the power because as time goes on um, if you step out publicly too soon, you may be under the influence of the spirit, but there's flaws within the demonstration because the other world are unable to control the power anymore. And um, that's when it destroys the gift. And, you know, I, I take the respect and I, I, I end up and I clap. The medium to stand up on platform and say, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't got anything. I can't make it up. And I roar and cheer. Because I'd rather have that medium being honest than try and fool it. And um, this guy who was caught in Banyan, um, if you ever sit with this person, because uh, they're still doing uh, seances, they're still coming up with uh, excuses about it, and uh, the core people around uh, this individual is very venomous and attack, um, there's no presence or power of the spirit. And that's key. When you sit with anyone uh, like myself or any form of uh, person who represents the spirit, you must be able to feel the atmosphere changing. You should feel an emotion in the air. You should feel a pulling on your solar plexus. You should feel a drawing of your energy. You should feel the atmosphere changing dramatically and therefore into the presence of the spirit. That can't be faked. And there's something within us, too, that I know I feel, and I ask everybody to. I've had all kinds of guests on, and some great, some not so great, some I question <laughs> the authenticity. But I think there's value in every conversation that we can take. But internally, I think we all have our own truth detector. And if something resonates, Absolutely. something really resonates is the truth versus, well, this sounds too good to be true. <laughs> but But listen to that. Listen to what your internal yeah. compass is. That's it. And you, you have to, you get a warmth from people. Uh, I call them warm mediums or cold mediums. The warm mediums are able to manipulate the power and work with it. The cold mediums are, are like Tinkerbells. They need the applause to live. 
they um they need they need the attention of people saying how good they are all the time and they're not working with the power and they're only paying lip service to the movement the movement is slowly dying because people are not understanding the mediumistic gifts that they have and not allowing time for the, the gifts to unfold naturally you know i i hear people taking drugs before doing a seance really you know, yeah they go up and they they take um uh, space cake they they smoke um drugs they take tablets and this is not not right this is an energy but bringing in which is going to be intensified and because they are deluded in themselves they're creating the delusions becoming the re their reality mm -hmm. it's like um another medium and again please don't think i'm running people down i'm not i'm just trying to get people to ask questions um, I always believe an angel and a devil lives on our shoulder. The angel being open mind, devil being question mind, saying, stop, think. Think for one moment. Is this right? And um, they've come out of seance. They're sparrowing in trance. And then they, they produce two stones from their eyes. So if they're in trance, they, they have to set up the camera. They have to switch the camera on whilst in trance. Stand there while everyone else is still in the seance room. So the room's completely empty and produce it. Where's the logic? There is no logic. And it's the same when you see the photograph of, uh, again, another medium producing what looks like a, a, a figure with a wig on. And, um, and you think, where's all the sitters? Where, where's this? Where's that? So you, you start to kind of question things. Now, you know, there are a few photographs of my work out there, but we haven't released it because we know that photographs are, fraud, are, are flawed, mm -hmm. you know, flawed um, because of Photoshop. So um, I just ask all your listeners to believe not a word I say until you experience it yourself. And you have to experience bad to then feel what the good are. You know, it's like workshops. You sit and you know the power is there. You know that the, the workshop's moving fast. And then when someone demonstrates and it's different, you know when the power's not there or it's, it's moving away. So you sense it, feel it, become it. Mm. And Scott, sitting... Uh, I, I know we share some friends, Mr. and Mrs. Germany, as we will call them, <laughs> and they started with yeah. just sitting together, just two people. Yeah. Is that something that you would encourage if we don't have any, we haven't pulled together a whole group yet? Yes, absolutely. If you, if you haven't got that, you sit by yourself. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think after this conversation, uh, I know since I last met you and then I was actually at your workshop, I've been doing my best to sit almost every day, even if it's just for a yeah. short time, and just develop that relationship and just with the intention for the spirit world to use me, however, whatever's happening. Um, but how, can you just talk about that for someone who yeah. after this would like to just sit? How do we do it? Absolutely. I think the if you are by yourself, you can absolutely sit for the spirit world, um, and it's called you can call it sitting for the power, which is slightly different. But that power drives your mediumship forward, and it's very simple. You you sit there, create a sacred space, so a, a space where you don't have your the interruptions of your mobile phone um, knocking on the door, or the dog or cat coming in barking or meowing or anything like that. Sit. And what I do within my mental practice, I where I feel love. Where do I feel love within my being? Where, what makes me smile when I see my niece and nephew? Where does it make me feel? And it makes me feel within the, the center of my chest. And this is where my power resides. 
And then what I do is I take my awareness to that area and I start to give a prayer. But I'm not talking about a prayer which was written 2000 years ago in books uh, dead of dead words. I'm talking about something that moves me, which is very simple. Uh, I say, um, dearest divine, as I come to this, your sanctuary of the joining of our world and yours, I come to you empty handed, but with love within my heart, blend with me. Help me to understand the gifts that you have given so that I can serve your world the best. And I simply release that thought and then I slowly soften my own thoughts and allow them to find their place of rest. And that will help me sit in the power. To strengthen yourself even more, you can always say to the spirit world, now blend with me, take me a little deeper. And you'll find that time will have no value and it will help you to understand. And if the spirit world then desire you to continue to develop, they will then form a circle where you won't have to search for it. It will just come and present itself. You may go to a supermarket and you see a friend that you haven't seen for many years and you start talking and they say, well, we've joined the circle. And yet they say, why don't you come along? Or you may see something in, on the internet, which is close by. Uh, or you come to a workshop where you've never been before and you meet up with friends or meet up with these people and they say, well, we sit only 10 minutes away from you or an hour away. Shall we meet halfway? It's amazing what happens yeah. when we're open. And that's one of the reasons I love sharing this AREI, which I'm hoping you can come to the symposium. It is... We're looking... Yeah, if it's meant to happen, I know the spirit world will make sure it does, that your diary will be free <laughs> that weekend. It... Just say, before we give anything too much away, we're about 80% there. Oh, Hallelujah. But for anyone listening right now to be involved with, I mentioned at the beginning, her, helping parents, heal.org, afterlifeinstitute.org, ians.org, we don't die radio.com. Make sure you're on the list because we are creating uh, communities and finding out, wow, there's a whole bunch of people in this area, in this area. And so instead of just being you listening now to a radio show on the internet or however you listen, you'll actually find that. I, there's a group of people that live in my community and get together over a cup of coffee or whatever. And maybe it's a starter circle. You just never know. Scott, before we go, uh, we don't have too, too much time left and I value your time, but could you talk a little bit about the painting that I won and who is the artist behind doing, because he's a physical medium as well, correct? Yeah, that was Jose Madrado, uh, who owns an orphanage in Brazil. Mm. Incredible. And he flies over to Europe and other places in the world once a year because he works for the Brazilian government you know, and he has a short period of time off. The orphanage is called the City of Light and you can find him on uh, Facebook and he does every week, every Wednesday, he does a seminar and it's a thousand people that come to his seminar. How many people? So for me, for someone, 3,000. Oh, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Incredible. Um, so it's, it's a massive thing, and uh, he, the City of Light, um, so he does that. So what happens is that he was a physical medium, and he used to lay down on a mattress, and he would have materializations from him. And he's, they've shown some pictures of his materialization, and one was called Bride, and he was shot on her wedding day. And she materializes in the bride's dress, the veil over and you see the hand has got like um, holes in the hand 
because she tried to protect herself and the, the gun shot her and went through her hand. And um, the Renoir appeared to him one time and said, we wish to turn uh, paint into bread, which means that he was um, through the influence they would paint these wonderful pictures. Some were within three, four minutes. Others would take hours. And then he would auction the paintings off afterwards. And the money that was raised from the auction goes to the City of Light. So he turned paint into bread. So he goes into altered state with the oil paints in front of him. And it, yeah. and it is Renoir and other painters that... Yeah, he starts with Renoir and ends with Renoir. Because that is um, the first spirit person that is born to him. So he would start off with Renoir, there's Gauguin, there's Vincent van Gogh, um, Toulouse Lautrec. Um, there's so many different people that paint through him at speed. And I mean, they are fast. Your portrait, I think it was about 14 minutes, uh, which I still have to post to you, but I'm scared of how I'm going to post it. So I'm trying to find uh, a nice... Um, thing to wrap around it instead of it being damaged which i'm trying to work on maybe i can carry it back when i see you in next month oh, absolutely. on the airplane that, might... that would actually be safe yeah yes yeah yes. why don't we you can you can sit say i've got a repertoire. yeah well it's so it's so amazing because to see some of these jose madrado paintings you can really see the different styles and compare them to the artists who once lived and to know that he does some of these in four or five minutes with his eyes closed sometimes and no the author <laughs> yeah wow yeah, the, the extraordinary thing is as he's talking say like, our oh, doctor's here and everyone in the room will smell ether and it smells like a board marker yeah uh, it's really strong and there's no paints no oils in the room and he just stands there talking and the first time i saw him i was um at the arthur finley college and no, sorry, I lied. The second time I saw him, because the first time I wasn't supposed to be there, but I was invited up just to watch his demonstration and I smelt the ether. The second time I was on the course and he turned up as a guest and I was demonstrating the first demonstrations I did at the Arthur Finley College. And um, we were in the lecture room. No um, paints, no nothing. Madrado has come in and started to speak. I was next to one of the interpreters, uh, husband, who was called Peter. There was Debbie, myself, and one other. I think his name was Lloyd. I can't. I think it was Lloyd. And um, the ether came, and everyone's going, "Oh my god, I can smell! I can smell!" And I'm saying, "I can't smell it! I can't smell it!" And through the interpreter, he said, "Who here can smell?" And four of us put our hands up, and he pulled out a piece of paper, and he had the letter four on there. So he, he then put his hand up in the air, and then all of a sudden, this massive smell of smell like board marker came over you could taste it and it was the ether and um it was just awesome and he said i can create this smell by just thinking of the doctor and we were at kingswell's house in aberdeen and we just ordered a chinese and he just demonstrated and give us there and again there was no paints because he demonstrated separately in a different building and we're just having a chinese and whenever you speak to madrado he always says madrado's hungry um <laughs> so we got, we got the chinese and he was talking away, he went, doctor's here. And the smell of our Chinese changed, and you could smell the ether. He said, the doctor's here to give healing. And so we just carried on eating while we had this big, strong smell of ether, while the, the spirit people were working on all of us. It was incredible. 
That sure is. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, so let's let's hear a little bit how we can find out where to see you and maybe even take a, a workshop with you. Okay, uh, so you can go on to my website and if you go onto my website, um, scottmilligan.net, you can see lots of play um, demonstrations that I do at Banyam. Now, I only demonstrate in a very limited number of areas in the United Kingdom, one being Banyam, another one being Kingswell's House, and then Mansfield, which is in the middle of the United Kingdom. I also demonstrate in Europe, which is in Holland, at Jose uh, Gostrok's uh, centre. But I kind of started to get a feeling by the spirit world it's time to go further. So we are looking at doing some workshops in New Zealand, uh, Australia, and of course looking at America. Yay! And <laughs> to bring um, it a bit more further out and like I said, the purpose of my work is to try and encourage you to sit and experience it yourself. I do understand, obviously, come to me. It's it's a long, long journey. It is. Um, we have a family that flies over from, from Mumbai in India uh, just to sit. So they fly over in the morning and then they fly home the next day. And um, that is um, a lot of pressure on my behalf because you think, oh, my God, I hope it works for them and I hope they get the best from that. But my website's probably the best bit. If not, look on Facebook. I've just started up a Facebook page, um, which I forget name, uh, which is, I think it's Scott Milligan, Physical Medium Seeker of the Truth. Um, and I've put that as a, a fan page because I'm reaching almost 5,000 followers on Facebook yes. and my limit. And I'm trying to push people over to that so I can then have my one work one and one uh, private one so that I can share it with my friends who are um, non-mediumistic so that they don't get a shock when they see things up there, what I'm doing. <laughs> Good luck with that. So I'm hoping that... that <laughs> Somehow it gets its fire. word out. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and for listeners too... It does. I I know that I've met Scott at Banyan Retreat and twice a year they have a... Uh, is it a five-day event? Four-day event? I can't ever remember. It's between, between four and five days, and it's called uh, Whispers uh, of the Soul and Voices of the Past. And um, we've just started to do five-day uh, intense courses where normally I do like a, a mentorship, um, but I have a support group where I have students for a year um, seeing you over eight weekends and teaching you to sit and then hopefully between the next time I see you, you would have worked to sit and been given different tasks. And I've just started doing like a, a five to six day courses where people fly over from America, Australia, New Zealand, uh, and all different parts of the world. And for five days and six days, we, we sit every day and I, I teach you for those five days. And then hopefully again in a year's time for another five days. And we just started doing that. And that seems to be very popular. Yeah. Um, and just trying to help. But. Hopefully, I can make more of those. I know I was at one with you and it was great. And I just know if it's meant to be, Spirit World will clear my schedule and I will be there. So if it's not, then okay, no problem. But you can find out scottmilligan.net, a great place. And then I know for myself, banyanretreat.com, a great place to, to go. What were you going to say, Scott? Yeah, so... Sorry, you broke up then, Sandra, so I don't know if, if I heard you right, but you just said about the email addresses? Uh, the website, the website. We've had, a, we've had the first conversation we had, number 188, our sound was a little 
off uh, funky and this one happened to Scott once we got started every so often you probably couldn't hear me as well and I yeah. couldn't hear you as well but uh, I don't know what maybe that we're just so what powerful you know who knows we're meant to be we do the best with yeah we do the best with what we've got so for our listener uh, you remember scottmilligan.net is a great place to start uh, Scott I was going to say ahead. I think when you come over next month we should do a live one where you've mm-hmm. got video on and we could sit next to each other and just talk about stuff. But over a glass of wine, I think that would be good. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I am open. I'm open to just about anything. I know this is a lot of fun and I know this is a very controversial thing, the physical mediumship. And I do encourage anybody who's interested to find out more. Again, if uh, well, first of all, if you go to wedontdieradio.com and click on Scott Milligan's episode, I believe it's number 215, this one, and just click on it. It'll be bring you to the YouTube page and in the description, I've got lots of different links to not only his website and, and Banyan, but to some of the uh, pioneers that we've talked about on this show. So you can find out more. Um, but the, this is the time, Scott, and I, and I think it's so exciting that uh, we're being used by the spirit world. We're getting the information out. Uh, there's no competitive spirit as to who can get this information out first. It's all so many people working hand in hand um, just to bring you all the best evidence that life after death is real. Your loved ones are still around and really encouraging people to sit on behalf of the spirit world, uh, create your own home circles and witness the miraculous. Absolutely. It's great. I'm excited about the future. I really am. Well, the future looks a bit more brighter now because before it didn't look as good because we were losing the art of sitting. And I feel that physical mediumship was literally on its last breath. And I think now it's it's encouraging to see that people are sitting. But you just have to understand this ultimate gift takes time it takes time yes and you know least expect it to happen least expect it you know you start off it's like going to the gym you start off going to the gym with the enthusiasm and after a little while you feel why am i bothering and then after a while after that your body craves it and needs it so just put in the work by sitting singing creating a sacred space keeping politics out the room being loving and friendly to each other, and then hopefully, you know, that little spark of light ignites into a flame, and that flame. Mm, that's just beautiful. Any other words you have before we close the episode, Scott? I just, I just want to thank you and the listeners for showing an interest in the subject that's changed my life. And I want you to go out there and experience all the wonderful things that spiritualism has to offer. But remember... There are times when people will be there who will not represent the power. They will represent ego. Ego is always hungry, but never full. So please sit and you'll see bad and you'll see good. But at the end of the day, you sit with the great spirit, not, you know, listening to applause. So enjoy yourself as much as you can. Mm, and speaking about joy, if you haven't heard episode 188, my conversation with Scott, it, it's so great. And there's even um, some bonuses yeah. that we give. We get to hear you, uh, uh, your folks speaking through you in the trance state. We get to, there's three 
extra bonuses of listening to Colin Fry's uh, seances, yes. and it's, it's in all the directions on how to access that is within the episode, and of course, they're all yes. free. Um, oh, but something also on your site I don't want to forget about is you have, not free, but you have some CDs and some audio yes. downloads yes. that you offer. Can you just Absolutely. mention what those are? Those are great. They're, they're downloads. We're, we're just working on the final well not the final but and they are um just voices which we have captured in the trance state or in seances and the spirit world are teaching us uh, so you hear questions being asked like reincarnation or uh questions about euthanasia um organ transplants and you hear the spirit world's view on this and um we've got those on the website and what we've been doing is that the downloads um, whatever is made the downloads is going to build in a center and we've just got a, a little room um, funded that we're going to build uh, some walls up in our shop which is in the upmarket shop in Burgess Hill in West Sussex in the United Kingdom where I'm going to be able to hold uh, teachings, uh, seances, healing uh, and a lot more uh, but in my hometown so I'm able to bring a bit of, of what I believe and to train and educate people. So the money what's raised from those downloads um, go towards that, that, that bit of centre and, and bring a little spark of light. Oh, thank you so thank much, you. Scott, for being our guest. And I can't wait to give you a hug next month. It's going to be great. Oh, God. Yeah, best as I can. I want to, you know, travel to see you and the gentleman at Banyan twice a year if my schedule allows it because it's magic there's a few people that I want to introduce you to um and it's just going to be awesome and it's going to be such a good laugh and good time but also with a very sensitive mm -hmm. feel to it and that is that we are there for the great spirit uh but we also have to remember yes. we are spirit as well so uh, important to remember and underneath it all really as great as some of the phenomena is is to understand that what we're witnessing really is communication from loved ones and really evidence of the afterlife and what a difference it makes to helping us through the grieving process absolutely and on that sideline to that just quickly i'm so sorry to take up your time um but we are going we we've just invested on uh getting some books which are going to be uh silver birch books the Alec Harris book that we were speaking about, uh, one of um, Tom Harrison's mother, and some spiritual books. They're going to be put in the shop from scottmilligan.net forward slash shop. Um, they will be hopefully coming in in the next two weeks from now. So um, if you want to find out books, um, again, the money raised from these books go towards providing books for the centre and improving the atmosphere around there, i.e. with artwork, etc. All of that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Scott, and thank you for our listener to spending the time with us today. Thank you. I know it's been a, a little lengthier conversation, but I tell you, time with Scott is just so precious, and I feel so honored that you got to spend time with us today, Scott. Ah, so great. It's delicious, I think is a good word. And for our listener, um, if you remember to go to wedontdieradio.com, this is episode 215. If you haven't done this already, join the Insiders Club. I promise I don't send you lots of emails, but the important things I will send you and what you 
get there as a gift it's a few things you get a copy of my whole book we don't die a skeptic's discovery of life after death on P on pdf uh, it says only a few chapters but our secret it's the whole book i have recorded a very healing audio called how to survive grief and then the latest thing i have a five-page document called 19 reasons to believe in the afterlife and i tell you if you don't believe in the afterlife after reading that you never will <laughs> no it's really good and if you're available uh, obviously in 2018 come and afterlifesymposium.org uh, I don't think I have anything else to tell you I'm very wordy but Scott I love you I can't wait to see you oh thank you Miss America and thank <sighs> you so so much and I love you lots I love you too and for our listener I love you know that you are not alone both the deceased loved ones and spirit guides and people that surround you from the spirit world are there but there's also this community that uh, we're just waiting to meet you whether it's in person or online uh, we have a Facebook group if you go to we if you type into Facebook in the search we don't die listeners uh, you can join us there and it's just a matter of time before this is going to be a regular part of everyone's lives our friends will be speaking the same language you will have a great life empowered uh, knowing that uh, death is an illusion so in closing my name is Sandra Champlain and I'm always so happy I get to be your host on we don't die radio and I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important so thank you for for listening and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.